most people who are listening to this, whether they realize it or not, are spending their time. They're not investing it. Welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. It's me, Mike Vardy, and I am really excited to geek out about productivity with someone that knows a whole lot about it. It's Jeff Woods. Jeff is the host of The One Thing Podcast. He co-founded the company, The One Thing, with the authors of the book by the same name, Gary Keller and Jay Papazon. And Jeff, well, he's on a mission to help people take control of their time and get clarity on how they want to invest it. If you've been looking for a conversation between two productivity strategists, nerds, whatever you want to call it, this is the episode for you. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Jeff Woods right here on the Productivity is Podcast. Enjoy. Jeff, thanks for joining me today. It's my pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me. So uh, I want to talk about one thing today and the one thing. It's actually interesting as, as um, uh, I record every podcast, uh, one of the things I do is I have my, my study door is shut and it's either... If it's shut without this door hanger hanging on it, then it means go ahead and knock. But if it's got the one thing door hanger that I got at Book Expo <laughs> so many years ago, um, then they know. And I actually had it laminated. Uh, it, I think, yeah, because I don't think it came laminated. It's the thing that hangs on my door. So it says I'm focusing on my one thing right now. So uh, no one will, no one will uh, interrupt us. There will be zero distractions. Uh, but right out of the gate. I want uh, some people may not be familiar with the the idea of the one thing. So can we can we start there? I, I sure I'm sure some people listening to this right now are like, yeah, yeah. It's it, you mean it's been in the in the productivity zeitgeist for a long time. But can you maybe uh, absolutely just get into it a little bit? Absolutely. The one thing is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. It started out as a set of ideas that Gary Keller had that he used to turn Keller Williams from a small little real estate company in Austin, Texas to number one in the world. So when you, if you know what Keller Williams is, yeah, it's, it's that Gary Keller. This is what he used to build the company. Then he and his co-author Jay Papazan wrote the book, the one thing, which was published in 2013. And you fast forward to today, it's sold millions of copies and is one of the highest rated business books of all time. And, what we're really talking about is just that, Mike. Time. Mm -hmm. It's our most valuable resource. Here's the problem. Most people who are listening to this, whether they realize it or not, um, are spending their time. They're not investing it. Right. And there's a clear difference between the two. When you make an investment of your money, Mike, what do you expect in return? Oh, I want a good rate of return. I want to get some benefit out of it. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, we were never taught in school. We were never taught how to hold our time to the same standards we hold our dollars to. Right. The currency. I mean, it's interesting that, I mean, uh, that the two things, we also don't learn how to manage our money terribly well in school either. It's the two things that we probably should yeah. look at. But you're right. It's that currency. It's, it's the resource that, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. That's right. So everything that we do is about helping people better invest their time so they achieve extraordinary results. Can I, can I, uh, let's, let's get into some of the nuance here because, um, you know, you and I both live in this world, you know, 24 seven. Um, when people hear the, words are important because people hear the term spending versus investing. It's like, I wrote a post not too long ago about the idea of being wasting time and squandering time because, uh, there, mm. I think there's a subtle difference there too. Why, why do you think 
people struggle with this concept of investing time when they, why don't I mean other than the fact it's not something that they necessarily learned but why today? I mean, it, it, it's there's lots of uh, material out there that says, hey, listen, you need to really be, you know, uh, conscious and conscientious of the time that you have because it's going to disappear and you need to invest it. Why do you think people struggle with that so much? It, it's a great question. And, and I remember standing in front of a whiteboard with Jay, who was the co-author of the book, who's my partner, and we were asking that very question. And what we came up with, we realized we call it the three C's and it's a lack of these three things. It's a lack of clarity, it's a lack of control, and a lack of community. Mm. Here's what we mean by that. Most people don't feel like they're investing their time. They're spending their time because they're not actually clear on what they should be saying yes to. They think their problem is they don't know how to say no. They feel like they can't say no to being in the email all the time. They can't say no to going to the meeting. They can't say no if somebody swings by and asks, hey, do you got a minute? When really the problem is they're not clear on what's the one thing I should be saying yes to right now. And here's a perfect example. Do you have kids by chance? Oh, yeah. Two of them. How old? Uh, 15 going on 20 and 10. (laughs) Okay, so imagine, what's your 10-year-old's name? Colton. Imagine you got a call from one of Colton's uh, friend's parents and said, Mike, you got to drop what you're doing. Colton's in the hospital. What would you do this very moment? I would drop everything, get off this call, and head to the hospital. Why? Because it's urgent. There's an urgency there. It's taking my attention. It's, It's important. In that moment, you are so clear about what you should be saying yes to Mm -hmm. that saying no to talking me would be a rounding error. Right. Most people are not hyper clear. If I sat for you, who's listening to this, if I asked you to pause the episode and if you could only accomplish one thing this week, what is the one thing you can do that would make the biggest impact in your business? Go. Uh, If you had to sit there and go, uh, right. You're not clear. And by the way, um, I speak with a level of confidence, authority, and intensity. There's also empathy behind this. Yeah, yeah, No, I mean, it's, we, I know exactly. The, the interesting thing is I know the thing I need to work on, but you're right. There's always there, – it's funny. It's, you have to cut through it to a degree. And, yeah. Yeah. And, for, and again, it's not your fault. This is where the yeah. empathy comes in. You were never trained in school. And frankly, most companies – If we, I've never walked into a company that had a culture where people were clear on their priorities. It's what we help them do. Right. But – you first and foremost have to be clear on what you're going to say yes to. And once you're clear on what your priorities are, you have to have a sense of control of your time. Mm-hmm. Most people, and you see this all the time, Mike, with, with, with your business, when people plan their weeks, they open their digital calendar sometime between Friday and Monday, assuming they follow a normal work week. They see all the stuff that's scheduled. They look at the gaps. And if there's a request in their inbox to meet, if there's a gap, they say yes, without any context of if it actually matters to their goals or not. They have to start to feel a sense of agency and control over their time and their calendars. And the way that that really gets reinforced is by feeling like they belong to a community that supports their goals, a community that understands that, Hey, I have a one thing and Mike, you have a one thing and they're different yet. We need each other to succeed. So let's talk about how we do that. Yeah. You know, one of the things that comes up, no pun intended is, uh, people struggle with, they figure out what that one thing is and then they get off track 
they mm. they they're they're working on it and then something pulls them in their direction either internal or external and i imagine obviously that's one of the things that you you and, and your company help with and, and obviously going through the book which I'm, I'm looking at right now but when someone gets stuck in that trap they've, they've gotten clear let's say they've gotten the clarity and they feel like they're in control because there's a difference right they feel like they've got control and they feel like they've got the community but then something pulls at them um what's a tactic that they can take to kind of you know Pull, them, pull themselves back to where they need to be? Or do they just, is that the new one thing for them? Uh, good question. Is that thing that's pulling a higher priority? Because if so, it just became the new one thing. And we need to point something out. If you're sitting here going, I have more than one thing, welcome to the party. <laughs> we all do. Yeah. But just like when we were kids and we lined up dominoes, we didn't knock each one down individually. What do you do, Mike? Oh yeah, you knock one and they all fall. That's right. It's about looking at all the stuff that's on your plate imagining them like dominoes and simply stand them up, line them up and whack away at the first one first. That's what this is about. So in that situation you're talking about, Mike, if you're focusing on one thing and there's something else that's pulling you, if it's actually more important, you have to ask the question, should I switch? And if the answer is yes, awesome. And this is where my, my general answer may surprise people. Give yourself some grace. Mm. Everything we do is about graceful accountability. Graceful meaning be kind to yourself. No one's perfect. And even as the person who's the the face behind this brand, I've never had a day that I've perfectly acted in order of priority. But what I have done is done better every day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Over the last five years of living this, I can tell you I am light years more productive than I used to be. So give yourself grace when you fail and get back up and ask, how do I do better? What? What do you define productivity as? I'm curious. Productivity is getting the most important things done. Okay. Okay. It's it, because one of the other things that pops up time and time again, either when I'm working with clients or talking to people, is that they have this idea that productivity is about efficiency and effectiveness. And and there's – I think that's a byproduct of doing the right thing. You get better and more efficient at it and you do the right thing. But yeah, it, it, why do you think- you ready for me to disprove that? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear why, because I believe productivity is about intention and attention. What's your intention? How are you going to pay attention to it? I don't cool. think. I don't think it's people get caught up in speed and quantity, and I think quality gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. So if you are listening to this, I'm going to ask you to play along here. If you have ever received a promotion in your entire life, say me to yourself. Go me. Mike, how about you? Oh, yeah, me. Okay, cool. Um, now ask yourself, did you get promoted because you were the best email checker in your company? <laughs> Costco didn't have that great email back when I got promoted, so I'd say that's a big no. <laughs> how about being the best meeting attender? I mean, your notes, they sparkled. <laughs> no, not a chance. See, here's here's why efficiency and effectiveness alone does not make you productive. Mm. I could be super efficient and effective at crushing my inbox. I am, Mr. You look up inbox zero on Google, you see my face. I am always at inbox zero because I am efficient and effective. And I'd be majoring in the minors. Because what we know is that your priorities do not always live in your inbox. More often than not, it's other people's priorities. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's actually, there was an article I'll share it in the show notes that I read not too long ago, Oliver Brookman talking about like the, why time management is killing us. And it's, it's all of the, there's just so much out there. And, uh, inbox zero is a great example. People use that as a badge of honor because it's quantifiable, right? Like they can count and, and 
the problem that I see with it is that, like you just said, it's your it's it's a minor thing. Sure, there's going to be some stuff in there, but if that's your if that's your if that's your benchmark, if that's yeah. your measuring stick, that's unless that's your job, like you said, it's it's a problem. And and I want to be clear. Um, I'm always going to dance between. I speak very directly, and I'm always going to dance between that also the empathy side, right. which is we're not saying don't check email. Mm-hmm. If you work in an organization, are you expected to respond to emails? Yes. Is that important? Yes. Is it the most important thing? Let's talk about that. Right. Here's what I know about here's if for the people who pride themselves on getting to inbox zero, what I can tell you, and I'm just going to, I'm coming in a little hot here. So like, get yourself comfortable, get ready. Um, what I know is that if you go through your day always being in your inbox, you're letting other people tell you how to spend your time versus you investing it. Mm-hmm. And you are more often than not reacting to everyone else's agenda rather than focusing on your own. And there's no judgment in that, but if you actually want to achieve extraordinary results in your life, you have to realize the people that get to taste extraordinary do not operate that way. Would you say that, and the, the, I'll, I'll go down this path a little bit more. Would you say that the reason, that, one of the reasons that happens is that it's easier? It's easier to, so for example, if you've got something that you know need, that's going to have a major impact that you need to work on, and you've kind of, you, either you've hit a, you've, 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 you've hit a wall, or you're feeling like, uh, and I know email will tell me what to do. And if it's somebody else telling you what to do, then it seems almost easier than doing the, you know, the, it's the hard thing. Would that, would, would you say that's one way that that email I, can kind of, keep I would look at it through a different lens. Sure. I think first and foremost, it comes down to clarity. Right. Um, I used to be the person that when my alarm went off on my phone in the morning, mm-hmm. I silenced it and then I checked email. And what I began to notice was that after I checked email, you know, I'd hop in the shower, I'd wake up my kids. And when I was making breakfast for my kids, there was a trend. They would be talking to me and telling me things and I would not be hearing them because I'd be thinking about that email that I opened that went, ooh, can't deal with this right now. So I marked it as unread, but it was occupying my mind share. Yeah. And then when I got to the office, I opened up my computer and I checked my email and 30 minutes went by until I had to go to the meeting. Then I got out of the meeting and I had five minutes, so I checked email. And then somebody asked me if I had a minute and I would fast forward to the end of the day, feeling like I was really busy, yet deep down questioning if I got anything done. Mm. Yeah. Here's all I know is that the reason people default to email is one, they're not clear about what matters most in that moment. Cause the moment you flip and you understand what your priorities are, email automatically gets deprioritized. You feel, you, you feel less of that pull mm-hmm. to be in your inbox. And the second thing is we have to acknowledge that some of the smartest people in the world wake up every single day inside these tech companies asking, how do I capture your attention? And email is a habit forming application. It is gamified. Every time you click on that email and that little blue bubble goes away, ooh, that's stimulus. You just got a dopamine hit. Mm -hmm. So we have unconsciously formed habits of craving that stimulus and immediately having it met by checking our inbox even when it's not appropriate. 
Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Now we need to take a break from our conversation, a brief one, to talk about our sponsors. Growing your business takes more than offering a popular product or service. It's essential to have the right people in place to ensure your company operates smoothly and has the potential to expand. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the best candidates for free and everything is right there where you need it in a familiar platform. If you're used to being on LinkedIn, then LinkedIn Jobs is just going to, you're going you're gonna to feel right at home. And you can get started by posting your job for free to reach LinkedIn's network of 740 million professionals. So not only is it a comfortable area for you to work in, but you're grabbing a massive pool of possible candidates. You can fill out targeted screening questions to get your role in front of the most qualified candidates with the experience, skills, and motivation you need. And then just use the simple tools to filter and prioritize the top candidates you'd like to interview. LinkedIn Jobs will help you hire the right person for your role. And your first job post is free. All you need to do is visit linkedin.com slash timecrafting. Again, that's linkedin.com slash timecrafting to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's linkedin.com slash timecrafting to post your first job for free. Do it now. I get asked a lot about apps. People are on the lookout for apps all the time, and that takes up a lot of time and energy. And getting things done is a challenge already. Everyone struggles with it. And yes, one of those ways to tackle that challenge and and get past it is to make sure you have the right tools for your computer and for yourself. And that means, again, the right apps. But here's the thing. Not all apps do what they promised. You know, it's easy to download a list of them, you know, set up accounts and even pay a small fee just to start using them. But then here's what happens. They sit unused. I know I've gone through my app library and have found apps that I forgot I even had. You know, it's so easy to clutter your devices with apps that just didn't work out. And that's why there's SetApp. You see, SetApp is on a mission to help users get more done. With SetApp, there's no more worrying about having to search for apps to solve a problem because with SetApp, you get high quality apps for every task. And SetApp curates and recommends the right apps for you so you can focus on your work. You can quickly find and select the most effective apps you need for tasks, both the ones you do every day and then the ones you do once in a blue moon. Another great thing about Setup is that their users feel more empowered. They're more confident that they're spending time on their tasks. They have the right apps at their disposal, so they're more productive. That's a big word here, especially around this podcast. They can get more done and they spend more time doing what they enjoy. With Setup, you can think about your tasks and not your apps. 
SetApp packs over 200, wow, 200 high-quality apps for your Mac and iPhone into one, and there's an app for almost any task, so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started. Plus, SetApp has a dedicated curation team that only selects the highest quality apps, so you don't have to search for the best tools anymore. They're already in SetApp. It's also a great value. Instead of paying thousands of dollars for separate licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee. And new apps are being added to SetApp regularly. Updates are free, and all the apps are full-featured pro versions. There's so much to love about SetApp, but that pricing, if you like SetApp, it's just $9.99 per month, but you can head over to setapp.com to try SetApp for free right now for one week. Now, you can use Setup for as long as it's useful for you. I started and I just kept going, and I know you will too. So again, head to setapp.com, that's S-E-T-A-P-P.com, and get that free trial for one week. Do it today. I sell stuff online. I have an online store. Maybe you do too. I don't like doing the digital marketing stuff. It's not my forte. It just is not an area that I want to spend a lot of time in. Maybe you feel the same way. If you're like me, then you're going to want to give Meet Otis a try. Meet Otis is a digital marketing assistant to help target, optimize, and measure campaigns for entrepreneurs and small business owners like me and like you. You can acquire new customers that will love your business all from, get this, an easy-to-use app. Now, this app can manage and track results all in real time, which is amazing. So you can you know what's going on, which is amazing because in a lot of cases, I don't know what's going on when I'm doing Facebook, Instagram, and Google Ads. By the way, you can create those all from within the Otis app. And Otis's AI technology intuitively optimizes your daily budget to whichever platform is performing best. That way your money is going where it needs to go. Using the data that's already available to you, Otis will analyze your existing customers to retarget and find other people like them to target your ads to. And Otis can help you get started by creating custom templates for you based on analyzing your point of sale, your website data, and available inventory. Otis users see results for as little as $10 per day. So if you have an online store, let's say you use Shopify. Well, Meet Otis is exactly what you need. As a matter of fact, Meet Otis helps plenty of online retailers every day through Shopify. So if you're ready to supercharge your online advertising, then get started with Otis today. Otis is offering listeners of this podcast a 14-day free trial plus $50 in ad credit. But you have to go to meetotis.com timecrafting to take advantage of this offer. So, Go to meetotis.com slash timecrafting. That's M-E-E-T-O-T-I-S dot com slash timecrafting. Get that 14-day free trial. Get that $50 credit to get started. Get that happening now. And now let's get back to that conversation I'm having with Jeff Woods here on the Productivity is Podcast. Let's talk about the community component a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to... Uh, one of the things we talked about before we hit the record button was when you're when you're dealing with other people, maybe people who aren't into the same uh, level or the same or they're not as deep in the weeds in productivity as, say, you or I. Um, and I use my wife as an example. She's productive, but she approaches it in a completely different fashion than I do. In fact, she'll be <laughs> she'll, 
<laughs> she'll occasionally hear some of the the things that I've either said in a video or written, and she'll be like, how do people not get this? Like, I don't understand. So mm-hmm. how do you, uh, and I know this is some of the stuff you've been talking about. We'll link to it in the show notes, too, some of the, the, the couple stuff that you've talked about, because that's those those have come up as um i wouldn't say uh problems for us but it's definitely been something we've had to navigate it's a problem people don't realize they have do you go through life alone mike no no No, you you have a significant other right and um we as humans we are not designed to go through life by ourselves we are designed to go through life and do life with others, which means there's no way you can succeed at life on your own. But here's the problem. When most people set their goals and try to achieve their goals, they try to do it alone. And here's what we mean. How, if, if I'm talking to you who's listening to this, if you have ever set goals in your life, say me. Cool. Uh, did you set them with the people that mattered most to you? Whether that was a significant other, a business partner, your team? Did you ensure, were you clear on the people who had a vital role in your success and were they part of that journey so that they could deeply understand what was important to you and how they could support you? For most people, that answer is no. And that's why a core part of our mission and our business is we, every year we facilitate a couple's goal-setting retreat because we literally help people get on the same page. And the thing is, like you're pointing to, Mike, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a goal-setter, you're probably into productivity. And if you have a significant other, I'm willing to roll the dice that they are not. So how do you get those people on board when they really don't have an interest? Yeah, you've got it. You've got to get on the same page. Yeah. And, And the thing that I'll tell you is it's actually not about turning them into a goal setter. And it's not about uh, your goals even being the same. It's just about understanding what's important to the other person so that you can support them. Not so they're the same. My, my, my partner, Jay, when he and his wife, they've done their, their goal setting retreat for 14 years. His wife, Wendy, was actually the inspiration for the couple's goal setting retreat. Uh, one year, Jay said he really wanted to own a ranch one day. And Wendy was like, you're freaking crazy. No way. <laughs> and she just kind of, Water off the, the, the water off the back. She just let it go. Well, the next year when they sat down, Jay said, I still, I, I really want to ranch someday. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And she let it go. The third year it came up again. I really want to have a ranch someday from now. And a few months after that, an opportunity came up for them to buy a ranch. And when Jay proposed it to Wendy, because it had shown up on their goals three years in a row, she could support him. Not because she wanted a ranch but because she knew it was important to Jay. What I hope you're taking from this is, remember, let's come back to clarity, control, and community. Clarity, are you clear on what you actually want out of life? And if you have a significant other or other people in your life that are important, professionally or personally, are you clear on what they want out of life? And if the answer is no, don't beat yourself up. Graceful accountability, ask, how do I do better? And now control. How do we start to invest our time so the actions we're taking are lining us up with the goals that we have in community? How do we ensure that the people that we surround ourselves with, they're not just coworkers. It's not just our significant other. They're part of our community. They help rise us up and support us and us. We do the same for them. 
you know, one of the things I expected to get through this conversation with you is is a lot of what we've talked about, but there there is this sense of stepping back to move forward in the right direction. And I think, well, I know this to be true, having, you know, talked to a lot of people and worked with a lot of people, is that step of, you know, slowing down to a, to a degree and going, okay, hold on, let's get clear, let's get some control, and let's, you know, that in and of itself is challenging for them because the world is moving at such a breakneck pace mm. that they feel like they can't. So can we talk a little bit about how you can, how, how you and your oh, yeah. work can help people with that? Because I think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks. I had a conversation with a man named Keith Cunningham, who um, Gary Keller said he, he would argue is one of the most important business minds of our time. And Keith said, you know, there's nothing worse than running enthusiastically in the wrong direction. Mm. And I know from personal experience what it feels like to be so focused on climbing the ladder that one day you open your eyes and realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. That was me prior to starting this company. I was in medical device sales. It was a great job. I wore scrubs every day. I ran through hospitals. I sold a device that saved lives. I tried to get my wife to call me McDreamy. And I was so busy climbing the ladder, I never stopped to ask, what do I actually want? And when I actually did ask that question, I was, holy smokes, this is a great job, but it doesn't bring me fulfillment. I want to wake up one day owning a business that makes a massive impact in the world and delivers real security for my family. And I then aligned my goals, my habits, the relationships I formed on a path that would help me get there. And now I get to wake up and get to call Gary Keller and Jay Papazan partner. But it really comes down to one thing. And we call it planning time. If we were to follow the average person around with a camera and document their every move in their professional world, we would see them bouncing from inbox to meetings to chatting with their team when they ask if they've got a minute to handling some some of the things that are on their priorities to back to email. Most of their day is spent in the 80% stuff that delivers the minority of the results. And I, it's interesting, Mike, you talked about it as slowing down. I don't even think about it as slowing down. When I sit down for my planning time blocks, physically, I may be doing less movement. Mm. Mentally, oh boy. Yeah. I'm sprinting a marathon. I, I think because in that yeah. in that moment, I'm not responding to emails. Yeah. I'm not checking Slack. I'm not on the phone. I'm not doing anything else. I'm asking big questions. I'm searching for answers. I am journaling and I am getting so much clarity that when I get into action, I am forcefully focusing on the thing that matters most. Yeah, I think I think what what happens is people be they confuse visible action so things like checking off boxes in the immediate versus okay i'm doing this thing which is taking longer it's going to have a greater impact but they don't get like we talked about earlier the dopamine hit right like that, that's right that's that's that so when i say slow down and that that, that is a misnomer to a degree it's right? it's it's confusing busyness yep. with actually doing business mm -hmm. There's a big difference Absolutely. and it's the difference between being busy and being productive. Being busy is taking actions on stuff. Being productive is accomplishing what matters most. What about apps 
about them? <laughs> I love my apps too, but I can tell you, right, I, I was just, uh, before we hopped on the call, um, I love the Keep Productive channel that Francesco D'Alessio runs. I love it. He's filling a niche that needs to be filled, which is here are all the different productivity apps that are out there. And um, there was one that was being showcased, which I'm not going to mention, um, but it looked really compelling, really interesting. But I know some people um, figure that the app will do the work. That's like, I'm getting this app and this app will make me more productive or this other thing. Mm. Again, how do uh, th- this, this, they get, con- there's a confusion there. Um, what do you, again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of lean into, into your direction, say like, you know, apps, I think help the tools work, but where, where does the tool stop doing the work or where does the tool fit in? Especially when you're looking at, you know, the one thing, because tools will show you a lot of things. Sure. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. One, I think it works when it's on your terms. Right. I don't think it works when it's not on your terms. If you, if we looked at your phone and if you, we saw a bunch of notifications, it's not on your terms. You have some of the smartest people in the world waking up every single day asking, how do we capture your attention through notifications, beeps, red bubbles, lots of stuff. One of the best things that I ever did when it came to sharpening my focus is I just went into my settings on my computer and my phone and I just disabled all, all, all notifications. Mm. Like this is a real crazy one. Have you ever felt that pull to go into your inbox because you saw the red bubble with a big number next to it? Uh, before I turned off all those notifications, yes. Right. You get rid of the red bubble. Yep. Now you're making a conscious choice to go to your inbox. <gasps> what? I even did something even crazier. I moved it off the home screen of my of my phone. I dragged it over to the second window. So I have to make, I have to make a conscious choice to swipe right to even see the email icon. Yep. I actually have it inside a folder called communications. So it's not even visible go. within that. And uh, I, I often say it's better to go to email with missions rather than questions. I love that. I love it. And not what should I be doing right now? It's, it's with a, with a purpose. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing I'll say. Um, I don't, we, we have, we ultimately are going to be a tech enabled training company this next year. We are going to start building technology that helps people better invest their time and achieve extraordinary results. I think technology has its place, but it should be technology should empower your productivity. You should not rely on it for your productivity. Right. When we're specifically talking about apps. Because at the end of the day, I'm sorry, no app is going to really tell me what my priorities are. I have to ask questions myself on what matters most to me. And if I want to leverage technology to then help me stay focused on that, that's a different story. But it's not going to do the thinking for you. And that's why I love when a book shows a framework, when you get the framework first, you know, when you're talking Mm. about getting things done or you're talking about the one thing or you're talking about, um, you know, the Eisenhower matrix or any of these frameworks, because there's a, there's a multitude of them. But what I love about exploring this space, and I'm sure you feel the same way to a degree, it may, and uh, I'll let you obviously, uh, you know, uh, confirm that is the, the, there are, when a framework is put in place and there's, and it's practical and, I mean, one of the things like simple, not necessarily easy, but simple mm. things that you can, um, it just makes 
as long as you can take that and put it in the app, and then if that app was to go away, which again, happens all the time, you don't freak out because, quote, the, the app doesn't work anymore. You've got the framework, and the framework can be moved from to another app if need be. That's why I think when people get caught up in apps, they're like, oh, well, the app will do the work. No, no, no. You have to find the framework first and, yeah. then, and then go to the app. Well, here, here's all I'll say, and I, I can only speak to the decisions we've made in the business so far. The business has been alive and well for five years. It's very successful. Mm-hmm. And we have, we, are, we have just now felt that we've earned the right to start creating technology because the truth is no app is going to give you control of your time. Right. You give yourself control of your time and you leverage tools to get you there. But I mean, we are literally walking into some of the largest companies in the world and helping them create productive cultures with Excel documents and Word documents. Yep. Or pe- but what or, we're teaching them yeah. are the surprisingly simple truths behind extraordinary results and helping people form habits of living those truths. Now we've earned the right to weave in the technology that will better empower them. Right. Yeah, it's it, that thing has to take. It, it's it, technology is often the band aid if it's not applied first, or if if it's applied first rather. You've got that framework, and then now, like you said, it supports it. And I think that that's 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 absolutely brilliant. And you know, and when you go through one of the things that I love about the one thing, the book, and also, I mean, you guys have obviously you've expanded the reach beyond just the book. Is that much like? And I'll use I'll throw it getting things done out here as well. Is it's not a thick book like you look at it go oh it's not that but it's a big read <laughs> it's it's it there, there's a reason that it has taken hold so well because um it's something you re, you would return to again and again because you, it, you know you you need to it's not this is not a one and done proposition right no it's um if you choose to go on it it can actually be a lifelong journey <laughs> a Jim. lifelong journey of how do I live an extraordinary life? And that comes by being really clear on what matters to you and investing your time in the things that matter and forming powerful habits that make doing those things easier or unnecessary. So I try to end every podcast with one particular question. And in in this instance, I'm actually quite excited because it's very fitting. So the listener out there right now says, I'm, I need to do that. I need to do something. I'm feeling like, you know, I'm out of control. I, I don't have clarity. Um, what's the one thing <laughs> that someone can do right now when they get off of listening to this episode that they can do to start taking things in the right direction? I'm going to answer your question with a question. And I don't mean this. It's not tongue in cheek, but it's legitimate. Uh-huh. Mike, if somebody doesn't know what their one thing is, what do you think their one thing is? figuring out what the one thing is figuring out what the one thing is yeah Uh, there's a reason that if you have a physical copy of the book if you turn it over and look at the back cover most authors will plaster all these testimonials from other thought leaders on there yet jay and gary ask the question what's the one thing we want somebody to do after reading this book and the answer was they wanted them to ask what's my one thing So there is literally a question mark and the dot at the bottom of the question mark is not a dot. It says, what's your one thing? If all you did after listening to this episode was pause the episode and not go to the next one, not walk into that meeting, but actually you paused 
and asked, what is my one thing? You would have guaranteed that this was an investment of your time and not an expense. And I'm going to give you a little heads up. If you hit the wall called, I don't know. Cool. Understand that's where your normal thinking ends. And instead of defaulting to now going, well, what should I do? Let's go check email. Push past the wall. Search for an answer. Hold yourself to the standard that you must come up with an answer. Right or wrong? Don't know. But really sit there. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. (sighs) Out of all the stuff that is on my plate right now, what is my one thing? Or ask differently, what's the one thing that would, such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? Search for that answer. I promise you can come up with a domino that if you knocked that down first would make knocking down the other ones easier or flat out unnecessary. And that's the game you play. Jeff, this has been a great conversation. I know we could keep going, but uh, I've got another one thing to do next. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, love where, that. Jeff, where can people uh, keep up with you and your work? Love that. Love that. First, first thing. Thanks for asking, Mike. First thing I would suggest you're already listening to a podcast. So whatever player you are using, I would click the search bar and I would type in the one thing. It's three words. The O N E. T-H-I-N-G. Uh, our podcast, we release an episode every single week where we feature people who are literally living the book, um, how they're struggling, and how they've used it to achieve extraordinary results. And the whole purpose of that is this, while these principles are simple, it doesn't mean they're easy. So we want you to feel that you're not alone as you go on this journey. And if you want to learn more about the type of trainings that we do, whether online or the, the couple's goal setting retreat that we do or corporate training, our website is the one thing.com. The difference there, instead of spelling out one, it's the number one, the numeral one thing.com. If you go to the one thing.com, you can learn more there. Jeff, thanks again for joining me today on the productivity podcast. My pleasure, Mike. Thank you. Didn't I tell you? Two productivity guys get together and it's magic. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I had a great time. Can't wait to talk to Jeff again down the line. And this is just one conversation I've had with someone who's really into productivity. I've got more coming down the pipeline in the weeks and months to come. But also, I've had conversations with David Allen, Cal Newport, Nira Yal, uh, Uh, Charlie Gilkey. I mean, there are so many that I've had conversations with over the years. You can go back and listen to those episodes, but it's way easier to do so if you are a subscriber to the podcast, because all you need to do is subscribe, and then you can see the archives of the 370 plus episodes that are there, and you can find conversations that you really want to listen to. Plus, anytime a new podcast drops, guess what? It's going to show up in your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you're listening, you won't miss a single episode of the Productivity is Podcast. So hit that subscribe button today. Make sure you subscribe so that way you don't miss a single episode. I'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, I'm Mike Barty, the host of the Productivity is Podcast, reminding you to stop guessing and start going. See you later.